What's up, what's up? This is Shamika with Shamika Jackson 101. Welcome to my very first, uh, fourth podcast. And I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I did say I was going to actually start um, looking at sheriff sales and go to a sheriff sales seminar, which I did. I went in September, very, very early week of September. And um, something that you had to schedule, and I think I signed up for it in July, and it's pretty booked pretty quickly. They have 150 seats, and they'll tell you how many seats they have available now. So, for example, we're at the end of September, and the very first week of um, September are all booked. Um, and they have a capacity of 150. So they have one English um, seminar, and then they have one Spanish seminar. So for the month of October on their website, I already can tell that they already have two seminars coming up within the next uh, three weeks. So if you want the website, the website is officeoffiltheladelphiasheriff.com. And then on top, you'll see a line for sheriff sales, and it gives you um, a lot of the detailed information on when the sheriff sales is. And they also have a video on this page as well. I listened to the video. I did the live um, seminar in Philly, and then I'm going to go to one more seminar, and then I'm going to go to two actual um, sheriff sales just to get comfortable with the situation and comfortable with the process. And then they actually have mentors that are actually able to help you um, buy a property. I believe some real estate agents in Philly, if I can recall correctly. But ultimately, the sheriff um, department they gave you um, real clear information on what a sheriff cell is and the process on how they even got to the point of being a sheriff cell. So he didn't really go into the list first, but he gave you an overall review of what a sheriff cell is. And ultimately a sheriff cell is when a sheriff, the sheriff department is pretty much trying to enforce a, um, an order by the courts. So the courts has already initiated this situation. They already, you know, already have the um, property and they're trying to enforce it through the sheriff's department. If you don't know what a sheriff's cell is, it's a public auction um, where any sort of like banks or like, you know, lenders or tax collectors or other litigants can collect um, money on a lost property. And the sheriff's sale normally occurs at the end of the foreclosure process when the property can no longer make, um, the owner can no longer make any sort of payments or good on any sort of the the liabilities that they have. So the sheriff's sale can occur to satisfy the liens. But the um, sheriff's department does not own the property or anything like that. One of the things that the sheriff's um, department has to do is they have to give notice to um, the defendant. So that is one major um, process of the um, sheriff's cell. And he talks about looking up court documents, dockets, to see where the notification was served. And it has to be served on the most public part of the building. And normally it's by a process server. Sometimes the mortgage companies might have their own process servers. And after that, the, the defendant normally states why it shouldn't be sold, and he has 15 to 20 days to petition the rule. If no response, then it gets automatic default, and then there's a ruling. Once there's a ruling, that's when the, the court has the decree, and then that's more normally when it's a tax sale, which could be from you know the liens and anything of that nature. So ultimately... Let me see my page two. Where's my page two at? I got page two, page three. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, 
Um, it goes to the default. That's when it's and when it's um, that's when you actually have a course decree. That's when you have the tax sale, and it develops a sheriff list, which is a tax list or mortgage. And the sheriff is independent from the city. They are not um, the city. The sheriff sale does not own. It's not owned by the city, or you know, the sheriff sale is not. Um, it's very independent from the city, and they don't own the properties, right? So after that, you have to bid on the property. And he makes it very, 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 very clear that you do not bid on these properties unless you do three things. The number one thing that he, he kept references is you make a site visit. And during the site visit, you are by no means are able to talk to the owners or anybody who's living at the house. You're there to see um, the notification. You're there to see if how the property's condition is. You're there to see um, where's the door at in re reference to like how the property is, uh, I believe, zoned. Or if there's like an R next to the listing to see if it's the right or left. I mean, there's a lot of other details that, you know, I have noted. But ultimately, you're there to see the property. If you can talk to the neighbors, see what's going on with the property. For example, if there's any water problems, foundation problems, any stolen pipes, any trouble with the um, the property, uh, you can find out how many bedrooms possibly it has by talking to the neighbors. Um, what else can you find out? Any sort of additional information without actually knocking on the door um, to the property. So, and the other third thing he wants you to do is go to a license inspection and you get a search of the property to see if there are any violations and print them out. And when you go to the license and inspection and you print out the violations, you have them explain what exactly it is. Is it scheduled to be demolished? Can you get a name? You get the name, date, and time of whom you spoke to for accountability reasons. So you want to know as much information as the property prior to you actually purchasing the property through the licensing and inspection. You also need to have a list of what sort what you need to know that if the property fits your needs if it's in low incoming housing how is the neighborhood does it fit the neighborhood is this this low income housing that you're trying to do is it in a property that's being redeveloped and now the rents in those areas are very expensive what is going on with the property how much is this property um to me and how much and i'm able to pay within the next 30 days and in regards to the community and things like that, you got to think about different sort of um, civic groups and um, council, uh, city council that you can talk to in regards to um, the the neighborhood. So you can you can go to he has one listed as the less organized the neighborhood, more than likely um you got to then go to the city planning committee. And he says the less organized the neighborhood, the more likely whatever they planned on going on will more than likely happen. I guess the people who are in the neighborhood and they're not organized, I'm assuming that they're not going to have any sort of uh, pushback for whatever the, the plan is for that community. Another group that he referenced was the Delaware Valley Regional Planning Committee Commission. The um, Southeast Regional that SEPTA coordinates. And then the city council, the councilmatic prerogative means any city owned property the city council can introduce a property that is city owned and that introduces a legislation for the city um, for the building to be sold you can also talk to city council you can talk to civic groups city appointed speakers about certain things and you can also talk to the local police community relations office to see if there are any problems and find out if the neighborhood schools school boards like the list of schools and things of that nature um, you also can find out, I believe, 
through, I don't know if it's through license inspection in regards to the purpose of your building. So say, for example, you're, you're trying to buy a garage and they no longer want garages in that area. I believe license inspection might know this. Um, you wouldn't know that in advance because if you're buying that property just based off of that garage and you want to start, you know, your own car shop, you'll already know ahead of time that they're not, they're not, um, giving any more licenses for garages in that area. So he also talked about the bidding process and things of that nature. He says that, you know, once you have the bid, you have to pay 10% of the sale and pay the balance within 30 days through a cashier's check and a money order. Um, and bring whichever one's cheaper. Bring that amount in regards to the 10% of the property. And then you can also have be a backup bidder. So if the second bidder does not give the money within 30 days, at the day of the bid, you still got to put your 10% down. And then um, if the first bidder doesn't pay, then you have to pay for the property within 31 days. So you only get one day. That very next day, you have to be there um, for the property. He said also said, make sure that your title company knows sheriff sales when they're doing the titles. And once you have the property, you will get the deed approximately 20 to 40 days after the bid. Once you have the, pro uh, the deed, you should write a letter and the letter should um, state if um, state that you purchased the property. And if you don't hear from, if I don't hear from you, I am assuming that you don't live here. Then you, then you would notify the police community relations department and you put up a no trespassing signs for the property. And then you also get a vacant license. He also talked about a rate on um, the right of redemption, which is um, rare. He stated and is only occupied and filed before the deed is issued. So it's in between those 20 to 40 days. So not before 20 days, but not less than 40. This is only uh, this is during tax sales and applies to properties that are legally occupied at the time of sale. They have 90 days to give you the bid plus 10% from nine months from the date that you have the deed. And the person files for the right of redemption um, prior to you getting the deed, um, they have that break. So it has to be before the 20, um, not before the 20 days, but not less than a 40. He also stated very, very um, strongly during the process that you stay away from properties that have a PA inheritance tax and a PS nuisance, which is IRS liens and make sure that they are served like defendants. I guess IRS liens pretty much and a PA inheritance tax. Um, he mentioned that a few times. And then he also talked about the, um, the list. And he talked about the, writ, the book and writ number. And they don't advertise postponed properties. So it's only the most current ones. So for example, it has 1503. It would mean that the 15 is the year and the 03 is the March. So that means it's a March of 2015 suggestion. And he also suggested that you get a ward map. And you can get that from committeeof70.org. It's a website that has a location key. Um, an irregular lot is normally a vacant lot. So if you see a, um, the list and it says irregular, that means it's vacant. And then if you also see an R with a, um, on the property circle, you may just be buying a section of the property and not the full property. So that goes back to going to the license and inspection to find out if the property is split and what sort of permits that the property has. Because for example, if you're rent, if you're buying a part of the property and say it's a duplex and you got a door on the left, 
and the license inspection, you find out that the door on the right, I mean, the door on your right goes to the upstairs unit, but you need to go through the door on the right to get to the one on the left, and you're only buying a portion of the property. Therefore, how are you going to get to the property? So I guess that's one of the reasons that he gave as an example in order to, um, it's really important to make sure you go to license and inspection before you decide to buy or bid on any of these properties. So ultimately, it was a ton of information. I got a lot of phone numbers. I got phone numbers for a Lineburger, a City Cell, GRB, which I'm not sure exactly who that is. But um, it was it was a ton of information. I gave you the very, very short version of it. I just want to suggest that you actually go to the seminar and absorb all the information or even look on the website and listen to the video. I still think the in-person one was way more, but um, ultimately you can go to the office of philadelphiasheriff.com and then go to Sheriff Cell. And during this free seminar, they'll provide you with the, the information on the amount of money and documents required to secure a winning bid, how to pay for the property if you're the highest bid, what is the right of redemption and how that may impact a sale and how long the process will take from the winning bid to actually receive the deed on the property and how to recognize and research and type and the type of property that you're seeking to purchase. So ultimately, you know, online, it gives you a very short summary of what it is. But um, from my notes, it is a lot of detail. Um that you can learn from going to the uh, property. I'm just going to go over my notes one more time to see if I missed anything. No, I don't think so. He talks about having, make sure you have an attorney and making sure you treat it as a business that you're definitely going to need an accountant and a lawyer, which, I mean, I would think that's kind of normal, but I guess people don't have them. Um, because if your money is held for whatever reason due to your lack of research, it's going to be a long time, via his words, in regards to before you can get your money back. And even if you can get your money back, depends on the situation. So you just want to make sure that you have a, an accountant, a lawyer, than a title company that understands sheriff sales when you decide to purchase your property um, during the uh, sheriff sale. So feel free to go to their website and learn as much information before going out to seek in a sheriff sale. But I think the biggest jewels were from going to this seminar is to how important license and inspection department was or is and the type of information that you can get from them. And also all the different groups and the civic groups and the um, city council and things like that, all the different departments that can really cause an impact on the properties that you're buying. Because ultimately the sheriff's sale, they don't really want to sell it at a very, very low cost. Because what happens when you sell buy properties? They are one of the few states that are really have a really good program in regards to the sheriff's sales, but they want to get as much money for the properties as they can because what happens if you buy a property very, very low? All the property owners that are living in the area, right, their property is all going to go down with the um, sheriff's sales being purchased at so, such a low amount, right? 
So ultimately, their goal is to have a lot of competition, a lot of people that are willing to buy these properties so they can, you know, keep the value of these properties as high as possible to help other homeowners that are in the area. So I suggest you guys go to the sheriff's sale. It was a lot of information. It was pretty good. And um, I, I really, really did enjoy it. So if you have any questions, hit me up. See me on Instagram or on um, YouTube or on my blog. So until next time, peace.